We on? All right. Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody doing? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I understand that. I didn't get to sleep till about 1, and God woke me up at about 4.30 and said, we are not done talking. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I've been up praying and thinking and crying, and this is, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, this is not a message that I want to preach. It's, uh, it's going to be hard for me. It's going to be hard on us as a, as a church family. But uh, it's what God laid on my heart, and it's uh, a section of Scripture that perfectly lays out what's happening in our church right now, and it shows us how we're to, supposed to respond in this situation. So just bear with me because I'm going to be emotional. Um, I will be crying. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so... Uh, but it's real, and it's raw. And I told Rashad I wasn't going to go with notes, and uh, I decided against that because after I said that, he said to watch your time. <laughs> so if I don't go with notes, it's going to be a problem because we'll be here for a while. People will be hungry. Their bellies will be growling. They'll be like, I'm done listening to him. I'm ready for food. So, so I'm going to go with the notes just to keep me on track. But uh, let me pray first. Lord God, I just thank you, Father, for this opportunity to serve. Lord, I thank you. For the church family that's here, Lord God, I just ask that you would remove me from this room, Lord, and I ask that your spirit would fill this place and fill the hearts of every individual here. Lord God, we ask that our, uh, the soil of our hearts, Father, would receive this message, God, and that we would let it bear fruit in our lives, Father, and that it would show in the pro productivity that we offer your body. Lord God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for everything that you do in our lives. It's in Jesus' name and by his blood that we pray. Amen. So I was looking at the trees and, I, you know, some of them look like they're dying and some of them are beautiful, but they're all entering the same season, right? And it's a season of change. And change is pretty much the only constant that we have in life, isn't it? And I believe it's Ecclesiastes 3.1. If I could get that verse up. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the heaven. But do you know what seasons and time have in common? They both have a beginning and an end, right? They both have a beginning and an end. And right now, Church on the Rock, as a body of believers, is coming to the end of a season. It's coming to the end of a time. But when we look to the trees, we see that sometimes seasons that look like death can be beautiful and can bring new life, right? And can bring new life. And that's what we've been getting prepared for throughout this whole time. See, guys, letting go of what is known and stepping out into the unknown is often extremely uncomfortable. 
But God did not tell us that our walk with him would be comfortable. In fact, he told us the exact opposite. He said that the Christian walk should make you uncomfortable. Because if you're comfortable in it, that means you're comfortable in your sin. Because we're told in Romans 3 that Rashad just led us through that we are all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. Right? So our Christian walk should be a place of uncomfort and a place that we seek comfort from the comforter. Right? See, guys, as a church, we're entering a new season, as is Rashad and his family. They're also entering into a new season. And this caught many of us off guard. It came at us at an unexpected time in an unexpected way. And I would say that it probably caught Rashad and Genesis and Brittany off guard the most. And we're going to look at this scripture today and see how it reflects what we're looking at. But as Christians in scripture, we are told to what? We are told to expect the unexpected, aren't we? Matthew 24, 44 says this. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect, right? So we are to be ready so we don't have to get ready, right? We have to be ready so we don't have to get ready because we don't know God's plan. We don't know God's timing and we don't know when God's going to take us from one season to another. But one thing that we can be sure of is that the seasons of our life are going to continue to change, that the seasons of our life are going to continue to push us forward and to push us towards growth in Jesus Christ because that's who we've claimed as our Lord and Savior. And see, we have to remember that Lord part because we have to remember that he's the master. And sometimes he tells us to do things that we don't want to do, that are uncomfortable to us, that we feel like goes against everything he's been leading us towards. But really, it's pushing us into everything that he's been leading us to, right? See, guys, we have to realize one simple thing in our Christian walk, and that is that God is in control, and we are not. Even when it hurts, even when it's hard, we have to realize that he is the head, right? And Rashad has taught us that this whole time, guys. Look at what 2 Timothy 4.2 says. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. See, guys, once again, we're told to be ready in season and out of season. And right now, this feels like a period where we're going to be out of season. But I want you to know that we're right where God wants us. We're right where God's picture and vision knew we would be. Okay? We are right where God wants us. And what we're going to do is is we're going to look at some scripture today that's going to show a beautiful picture of what's going on this church and our response to it, what it should be. And it's going to show how God 
has been working this entire time and knowing this entire time where he was leading us to and has been working in us and on us so that we would be ready to enter into this new season. Okay, so now I want to look at the scripture. If you're following in a Bible or on a Bible app, it is uh, Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and willing to put her, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now God just opened my eyes to this scripture in a way. He had me look at these verses because of Ephesians 5. Where it says that Paul is revealing a mystery to us about marriage. But it's reflecting our relationship as a church body with Jesus Christ. And guys... That's exactly what these verses show, and it shows us what is going on with our church. Now, in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And what we have here, if you'll give me the next slide, is a planting. See, what happened in that scripture right there is God planted a seed in Mary's life that was not only going to change her life, but the lives of those that she loved. How does that pertain to what we're going through right now? Well, when Rashad, and this might make some people mad at me, but when Rashad told me that he was going to India, I prayed so hard that he would have an experience and that a seed would be planted that would flip his world upside down, that would change his life. And I knew that in praying that, that those he loves, life's change would be happening in theirs as well. Because, see, that's the thing about love is when your life changes, the lives of the ones you love changes also. And isn't that beautiful that that's the love that God offers us, a love that changes our lives? You know, I wouldn't be here right now preaching to you guys 
if it wasn't for God first, if it wasn't for my wife and family second, and then Rashad and this church, the way you guys have poured into me, the way you guys have accepted me as a child of Christ and allowed me to grow and allowed me to fall and fail, but still kept me in fellowship. It's been extremely humbling. And see, that's what happened, is Rashad had that seed planted in him. And it was a seed that was going to change his personal family and his church family's life. But notice what Mary did here. And I want, to put, I want you to put yourself in the position of Mary just for a second. Because think about what she had to do right here. She's betrothed. So that means she's bound and made a commitment to be married to Joseph. Now she's got the Holy Spirit coming. You know, she's got a whole plan. I'm betrothed. He's going to go do what he has to do, prepare a place, right? And then we're going to come together in marriage. And this is going to be our plan. But see, she had to relent her wants for God's will. And she had to accept the fact that what God was telling her to do could get her killed. It could have got her killed. Because the fact that she was betrothed, it's going to look like she's caught in adultery because I don't care about you. But me, my wife comes home, or my fiance, and she's like, hey, babe, got some good news. I'm pregnant. And I'm like, hold up. We haven't been together yet. I don't know how this is good news. Right? So she had to risk that. And can you imagine how awkward that must have been for her to come and tell that kind of news? To Joseph, well, I imagine that's about how awkward it was for Rashad two weeks ago when he had to step up here and say, guys, I'm moving on into a new season. God has planted a seed in my life that's going to change all of our lives. I imagine Rashad was feeling that same kind of conflict on the inside. But he is willing to submit his wants for God's will. And this is so important, guys, because we, com we become complacent in our comfort. And Rashad's given a message today at another church, and he sent me his notes yesterday. And I pre-warned him that I was going to steal one of his little, little uh, sayings that he was going to put into the sermon today. And what he, he is saying is that we have allowed our worship to become a ritual and it's no longer relational. And see, the relationship of a church depends less on the relationship between the pastor and the body as it does between the people in the body. Because that's the church. The person up here is just a teacher. It's just a tool that God's allowing to be used to teach the church and lead them. But this, like Rashad has said over and over, this is a gas station for us to get filled up and to go out, right? That's where we're at, guys. We're in a place of filling so that we can go out and fulfill what God has asked us to do. Now, as we move on to the scripture, let's go to the next verse. And it says, and her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, 
resolved to divorce her quietly. So now we see the planning, right? So as we know, they already had a plan. Joseph had a plan too. See, because it told us in the first verse that they had been betrothed. Well, the way a betrothal worked in Jewish custom was the man would go to the girl's father and he would say, I'd like to take your daughter's hand in marriage, right? And what would happen then is if the father accepted, the man would then pay a mohar or what we would call a reverse dowry. So what he was doing is he was paying for the loss that the family was going to be taking from him taking one of their members. Because in this time and in today, every member is needed. Every member is necessary for the building up, for the edifying, for the exalting, for the exhorting. Just like it was back then. So by him taking a member of the family, it was going to cause them loss. It was going to cause them pain. But they had to do it. And we see that there was a plan here, right? Rashad had the plan that he was going to break that dude's record that did the 47-year walk through Romans. And he was going to go for 50, right? We were going to finish up about the time he was (laughs) 80-something. But see, God turned them plans upside down. And see, Joseph had an investment, didn't he? He made an investment. Well, I'm here to tell you guys today that there's probably nobody in this room that has made a bigger investment into this church than Rashad and his family. And that includes Brit. That includes Genesis. Because they have poured and sacrificed their lives for this place. Brittany and Genesis just got the man of God and the leader that they deserved. And he was taken away as the head of their family and offered as a sacrifice to be the head of our fellowship. Guys, they have given their lives for this church. And we all should know that plans change just as seasons do. And so Joseph saw that his original plans had been changed. But because he was a just and righteous man, he wanted to handle things the right way. See, Rashad did the same thing, but he saw, he just didn't see what was going on. And we're going to look at that here in a minute. But when that seed was planted, he told us that he thought that it was for us because he heard God saying, you go. So he was like, okay, I'm going to send my family out. But God was like, no, I said, you go. See, it wasn't a plural you, it was a singular But he just had to listen to that voice a little more. But he should have known from, look at at what Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then go ahead and give me Jeremiah 29, 11 real quick. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So see, these verses are letting us know that in all the planning and preparing that we do, God's thoughts and God's plans are much bigger than us. 
right? Here's the deal. It's like we're putting together a puzzle, right? All we see is a piece. God sees the finished picture, right? He knows what the end looks like. But see, the problem is, is sometimes we get so focused on the peace that we forget about the purpose, and that's to paint the picture, right? But see, we can't say that God is our artist and say that we want him to paint the picture with our lives that we want him to paint or that he wants to paint, but we keep taking hold of the brush, we got to step back and allow him to paint. Okay? Like I said, guys, I would not be here if it wasn't for the way that this church... One of the things that led me to this church was the fact that this church looks more like... Have you guys ever seen the, the, uh, the old reindeer, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? You remember the Island of Misfit Toys? That's what our church looks like. And it's a beautiful thing. Because there was still beauty on that island and there's beauty in this church. The way that I've been to many churches in Kokomo and yeah, I might get greeted by the person at the door. But after that, it was like I was a stranger to everybody else that was there. It was like I was a stranger to everyone else who was there. When I came here, the greeter hugged me. Everybody on my way to the seat hugged me. We got up and did the feet on the rock, and everybody came over and hugged me again. It's because it's a family. It's a fellowship that's built on faith. And that's what we have here, guys. We've got a beautiful thing. And when our plans don't line up, then what happens? Let's look at verses 20 and 21. But as he considered these things, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So we've seen the planting, we've seen the planting, or the planning, and now we are going to look at the pushing and the pruning. See, Joseph was launched into a new life. Because of the Lord, right? But see, guys, what we often forget is just like in childbirth, bringing forth new life is often painful, right? Bringing forth new life is often painful. But remember what that verse said that we just looked at, Jeremiah 21, or 29, 11. His plans that he has are not to hurt us but to profit us and to give us hope and a future, right? So we have to remember that this pain is ultimately for our gain. And I think Jesus said it best, which he pretty much said everything best, but <laughs> Jesus said it like this in John 15 too. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Does anybody know why we prune trees? To keep them healthy. To promote new growth. Another big reason that we prune trees is to cut off parts that are hindering their growth. 
right? Because some parts of trees can get sick and diseased, and if you allow it to continue growing, the whole tree becomes infected. And that's where we have to ask ourselves, are we being effective in the church, or are we being infective in the church? Because to be effective in the church is to come, is to serve, is to show the light and the love of the Lord to every person that we encounter. Because everyone we encounter is a soul that Jesus Christ loved and died for just like he did you and me. You will never see a person on this earth that God loves less than he loves you. And that salvation that he offered freely to us is something that we're supposed to show to others. That's being effective in the church. Being infective in the church is when all we do is come here and sit. Because church is not about seats, it's about souls. Right? I don't care if Church on the Rock has 15 people. If there are 15 people that are dedicated to the Lord, guess what? I'm going to be here to walk right beside them. And I know that I don't live down here, but Hannah and I have been talking and we're looking for a place closer down here so that we can help the church family through this transition so that we can be more available and more active in this community because this is where God has planted us. And I haven't been wanting to step into that because I felt uncomfortable. But guess what? God is now pushing me into that. He's pushing us into a new walk, into a new life. And he's pruning us So that we can continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And guys, do you see the beauty in that? Because our head and our home are both being pruned at the same time. And what that means is that both of them were bearing fruit. We know that Rashad bears fruit. And we know that this body bears fruit. Right? Because how many baptisms have we witnessed here in these past four years? I don't know, but I know it's been a lot. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that people in this church are going out and doing what they're called to do and spreading the light and love of Jesus Christ because it's bringing new people to him. Because that's what a baptism is. It's a new believer professing their faith publicly. And see, that's the eternal fruit that we're supposed to bear. But when we bear that eternal fruit, we have to realize that we're going to be getting pruned. And that pruning is going to be painful. But that pruning is also beautiful. Just like that tree that's out there that's yellow and gold and just looking gorgeous. Even though it's about to lose those leaves, it's still beautiful. And see, trees teach us a lot because they show us that we have to be rooted in our faith, right? We have to grow in Christ and we have to breathe life. Isn't isn't that exactly what a tree does? It's rooted, it grows, and it breathes life because they breathe out what we breathe in. And they also help remove the impurities, right? Because they breathe in what we breathe out. Are we doing that? Are we pouring into people and helping them grow in Christ to where they're breathing out life? Are we setting an example for people so that when they look at us, they see him and they know that there's a possibility for change in their lives as well, for growth in their lives as well, for a relationship with our heavenly father? 
See, guys, there comes a time where some pastors get to the point where they feel like they're hindering more than they're helping. And at that point, a pastor quits feeling like he's shepherding, and he starts feeling like he's shepherding. Because a pastor's job is to get the church to grow, not just numerically, but spiritually, in our walk. But a lot of times what we do is we become complacent and comfortable in allowing someone else to take charge that we forget that we're a body. And see, not everybody's going to be a head. Not everybody's going to be a heart. But guess what? If you don't have your left arm, it's going to be hard to eat a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? See, every piece of this body is needed and necessary. You know, the word tells us that the hand doesn't say to the foot, I'm going to cut you off because you're a foot. No, it realizes that the foot is needed too. And unless you're the appendix, guess what? There's a use for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we still don't know what that thing does. That was just something God put there. Look, I'll know the answers and you never will. You know, he's just showing off again. <laughs> but seriously. Every person is needed and necessary, and this body takes every single part to function. But see, the question that we have to ask is, what is the seed that God has planted in us? What are the plans that God has made for us? And what is it that he's been pushing and pruning us to grow into? Because every single one of us has a strength. Your strength not be, might not be preaching or teaching. It could be greeting. It could be hospitality and having people over to your homes and five, nine families. It could be evangelism, just sharing the gospel with strangers. But every single person in this room has a purpose, a plan, and a power of God working in them that's moving them towards the picture of our lives that he is painting. And guys, you just have to see the beauty in this, that this isn't happening to harm us. It's happening to help us. This isn't happening to push us back, but to push us forward, right? This is all to bring new growth and new life. Now, let's look at verses 22 and 23 real quick. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God is with us. What is this showing us? It's showing that, guys, think about this. Think about this. Because we've looked at what it would have been like to be Mary, but think about what it would have been like to be Joseph. Right? Because he's got this plan. He's got these thoughts. And he's a Jew, so he knows the Scripture. Right? And now he's got a spirit, because what did it take? It took a divine intervention to get him to step out in this faith and to do what he was told. But he sees through the scripture that he knows and that he studied that he's been being prepared this whole time for this event that's taking place in his life, right? God has been preparing us through Rashad this whole time. One of the verses that Jesus said is John 16, 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away, 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Right? See, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to step away from his disciples because he had seen their growth. He had seen their devotion. He had seen their walk of encouragement. And he knew that the time has come. He knew that he had prepared them for his departure. Guys, Rashad has done this. Rashad has been preaching to us this whole time that we come here for God and not Rashad. One of the verses that God put on Rashad's heart when he entered into ministry is this verse right here, 2 Timothy 2.2, and it says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. There was a reason that God put that verse in his heart. Because God saw this day on that day. Right? God saw the end of this season before the beginning of it. Right? Because it says that we were created for good works that he had what? Prepared beforehand. So guys, if we're getting pushed into a good work, can't we stand on the fact and trust in the fact that he's prepared us for it? Because that's what he's done through Rashad, through the teachings, through, through everything that we've seen here, you know, being told that we need to go out and not just come in and being told that we need to go out differently than when we came in. Right? Because here's the deal. Jesus hung out with sinners and prostitutes and drunkards. But by the time they were finished hanging out, they were no longer sinners and prostitutes and drunkards. The love of Christ had changed their life. And guys, in this story, Joseph had every right to be bitter, to be angry. Because like I said, you come to me with that nonsense, saying you're pregnant and we haven't been together. <laughs> You think I'm buying that the Holy Spirit did it? Mm -mm. Not going. <laughs> I'm not smelling what you're selling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not getting into that. But he knew that the righteousness of God in him was going to allow him to handle it as a just man and put her away privately instead of making a public display, which would again led to Mary's death. And see, he displayed the character of God there. But I want you to understand something. We have a church have no right to be bitter about what's taking place. The only thing that we have a right to do is be grateful and thankful. Because have you ever been to a church and you've heard the people say, man, that pastor needs to practice what he's preaching. That's what Rashad's doing right now. He is practicing everything he has preached to us over the last five years of this journey. And I've only been here for about four of it. But that's exactly what he is doing. He is being the example that he has always been of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that's why Rashad can step on stage and say confidently, follow me as I follow Christ because he's going to reflect Christ. And that's what he's doing right now. God's called him to do something, to step out in faith. 
Because the only thing holding him back could have been fear. But Jesus said, do not fear for I am with you. Right? And he gives us the ability to walk on the water in the middle of the storms. Right? He gives us the power through faith to move mountains. And sometimes the biggest mountain that we have to move is ourselves. We got to get out of God's way. And we got to allow him to work in us, through us, and on us. And know that he's faithful to that. Because Philippians 1.6 says that he is. It says that if he started a good work, he's going to carry it out and complete it. See, God doesn't start what God don't finish. Thank God he's not like us, right? (laughs) You know how many projects I've started that I never completed? Because I got bored with them? Or something else caught my interest? See, see, I'm so thankful that God doesn't get bored with us. That God doesn't get tired of working on us. That God's love continues to lead us. And that he continues to separate us from ourselves, which is often our biggest obstacle. And so we've seen all this, guys. We've seen the planting. We've seen the planning. We've seen the pushing, the pruning, and the preparing And let's look at how Joseph responds. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So now what they did, guys, was they took this unexpected situation that they had been thrown into, this new life that they had been launched into, and they responded with praise through obedience. Praise through obedience. Because Jesus said, what? What are the greatest commandments? To love God, to love your neighbor. And Jesus said, how do we show him our love? Let's look at the verse, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, see, we've commanded to be the body. We've been commanded to continue building. And we've been commanded to walk with the burdened and the broken. Right? Because that's what this is all about. And the word tells us that we will be known by our love. And our love is shown through obedience to the one who loved us first. And I remember, I remember when I first knew that I had a call. And when I met Rashad, he said, walk with me and I'll show you how. He extended the love of Jesus Christ to a complete stranger a stranger that all he knew about was a broken past, a broken family, a broken building because I'm supposed to be God's temple and I wasn't. And he accepted me in just as all of you did and said, walk with me. Guys, are we doing the same thing in our lives? Are we telling the broken and the burdened to walk with us? Let us lead you into new light, to new love, and to our Lord.
Now, as we're getting ready to close, the worship team is going to come up and they're going to sing a song called Give Me Faith. Right? And I remember a story in the Bible where a certain father wanted his child to be healed. And Jesus looked at him and said, through belief, all things are possible. Right? If you believe. And the man responded, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Guys, we might be at that crossroad right now today. And we might be at a point in our lives and our walk and our puzzle where we're only focused on the little piece in front of our face. But we have to realize that God's already seen the finished product and painted the finished picture. And so we have to cry out in our hearts, Lord, give me faith to make it through this new season. Lord, give me faith to stand on the seeds, not only that you've planted in Rashad, but that you've planted in our body. Stand in faith. And give me faith to understand that your plans are better than my plans. Give me faith that when the pushing is bringing the pruning, I can stand and praise you in that pain. Lord God, give me the faith to understand that I'm prepared for any storm that I encounter because you are with me. And Father God, give me the faith to respond and praise for every storm that we enter into. Guys, please come up and close. Thank you for letting me come and speak today. I love every single one of you. Oh uh... 
Give me faith to trust what you say That you're good and your love is great I'm broken inside, I give you my life may fail my God you never will I may be weak your spirit strong in me my flesh may fail my God you never will I may be weak your spirit strong in me and my flesh may What do you say that you're good and your love is great? I'm broken inside, I give you my As we, as we leave this week and we close in prayer, I just hope that every heart in this room is willing to say those words. Lord, I'm broken inside, but I give you my life because God can take what's broken and make it beautiful. Guys, when he took the bread and he blessed it, directly after he blessed it, he broke it. But without it being broken, it couldn't have done the job of feeding the multitudes. So guys, let's be beautifully broken together. Father God, we just thank you for the word and the message that you brought today. Lord God, I thank you for the way that you open up scripture. Father, that you show us ways that it pertains to our life today. And Lord God, that it will never lose its pertinence. And Father God, we just ask that we would come to you, Lord, broken but broken beautifully, that, Lord, that you would continue the masterpiece that you have started in us. Father God, for sometimes it feels like our life is a mess, but, Lord God, you know and see the end result that it can be used for your message. So, Father God, I ask that every heart in here, Father, would just turn to you in all sincerity and with all hope and faith. Lord, give us faith to walk with you today tomorrow and forever. It's in Jesus Christ's name and by his blood that we pray. And everybody say, amen. Thank you, guys. This podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock. 
building his body, breaking our barriers. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at www.churchontherockbb.com.